Hey everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Jessica Stevens here, your host of I Just Blank and Now What? Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another Now What Wednesday episode. I'm so excited to be kicking off this new season with a lineup of some amazing guest stories. I loved last week coming here and sharing a personal story with you and having my wonderful friend Sherry co-host with me. It was super fun to do and I'm excited to be sharing more of those co-hosted episodes throughout throughout the season because yeah, I, I love sharing my own stories along with amazing guest stories. So today is our very first guest episode of season five. The lovely Rachel Kelly is joining me on the show today. And I am super excited to share her story with all of you. If you are from Toronto or in the greater Toronto area, you may be familiar with Rachel as she is the founder of Make Lemonade, which was the awesome co-working space that so many of us have used and visited and attended for various things. But, you know, life gave gave Rachel a lemon, And she turned it into something awesome. And then life gave her another lemon. And so she's doing what she does best and and pivoting and making some changes. So a little bit about Rachel for those of you who don't know her. She is a motorcycle riding community building florist in Toronto. But she wasn't always. Like many small business owners, her journey hasn't been linear. In the middle of the pandemic, she had an epiphany. Her dreams were bigger than the work she was doing on her laptop. So she went after them closing her very successful co-working office to become a floral designer. So without further ado, let's get to this episode and hear from Rachel and her now what. Have you ever had a situation happen in your life that you weren't expecting, good or bad, and said to yourself or out loud, oh my gosh, I just fill in the blank, now what? Me too, friend, me too. I've had quite a few actually, and in the moment, I never knew what I was gonna do next. Of course, I had to figure it out, sometimes the hard way, but I did figure it out. So join me and some amazing guests this season as we all share our own, I just blank, now what stories, so we can all learn from their transformational lessons to help us all answer that lifelong and often paralyzing question, now what? Hey friends, have you ever had that I just feel so bloated now what moment? <laughs> Me too, and that's when I reach for my Greens Gut Glow Drink. Yep, I can sip my way to healthier looking skin, support my digestive system, and get an extra scoop of greens all in one bundle that helps me de-bloat. This nutritious trinity includes three of my favorite Arbon nutrition products, Be Well Superfood Greens, Gut Health Digestion and Microbiome Support, and Skin Elixir Collagen Support. I drink this every day. The greens, just one scoop of this versatile vegan superfood powder, delivers a blend of 36 fruits and vegetables in each serving for a boost of greens, featuring fiber, photonutrients, along with a natural deep green color courtesy of blue-green algae derived from spirulina, chlorelia, wheatgrass, and barleygrass. Just one scoop provides me with the benefits of eating a full color spectrum of fruits and vegetables. Minding my gut's microbiome is a must, and this delicate balance of bacteria helps support favorable gut flora. 
Designed to support the benefits of a healthy diet, this plant-powered natural health product mixes easily with water, so its blend of probiotics and enzymes can work synergistically with my body to help support gastrointestinal health. Its ingredients include inulin from chicory root and 3 billion CFUs of Bacillus coagulant probiotics, plus enzymes that act as a digestive aid. This natural health product helps support favorable gut flora while helping to digest proteins and contains ginger, which traditionally used in herbal medicine to help relieve digestive upset. For the glow, I'm sipping my way to healthier looking skin. This acai or dragon fruit flavored vegan natural health product features antioxidant vitamin C to help in collagen formation to maximize healthy bones, cartilage, teeth, and gums, silicone and biotin to support healthy hair, skin, and nails, and a blend of sea buckthorn fruit extract, pine bark extract, and vitamin C for antioxidants. This vegan natural health product provides beneficial ingredients for my skin, hair, and nails. So head to jessicastevenstoronto.arbon.com and use promo code ARBON10 to get 10% off your Greens Gut Glow Bundle. That's jessicastevenstoronto.arbon.com and promo code ARBON10 gets you 10% off. Or just click the link in the show notes and get your Greens Gut Glow Bundle all in one click. Well, hello, Rachel Kelly. Hello. Oh my goodness. It is so good to see you and have you on the show. I know we have been trying to coordinate this for quite a while. So Mm -hmm. I'm super excited that the, you know, the stars and the sun finally aligned and there was like this tiny little window that we could actually connect and get this episode recorded. And uh, yeah, so it's so good to see you. How you been? It's so good to see you too, Jessica. I've been good. Life has changed dramatically for me in the past couple of months, which I mean, I know you're aware of and we'll get more into it, but overall I'm doing really well. Excellent. Yeah. That was another reason why we like held off on recording your episode is because we wanted Mm -hmm. like some life things to like happen so -hmm. that when we recorded this, you know, we had the full story. So before we get into this amazing story that you're going to be sharing that is full of lemons, right? Like life (laughs) just gave me lemons. Now what is your story? And I just read your bio to everybody. What are a couple of little things that you actually want people to know about you? Oh, I don't know. What do I want people to know about me? I mean, I feel like I'm pretty open on the internet as it is. I'm a very like wear my heart on my sleeve sort of thing. Maybe it's just like, I think I present very much like I've got it all together that like, no matter what lemon it is, I'll figure it out. But like the tears behind the scenes are very real. Um, And I think I'm very good at sharing the highlights maybe writing some of the low lights, but you know, I'm still a human and you know, all of us are, there's a lot that makes up one individual. So it's not all glamour. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is not glamour, but you're right on the outside for your brand, make lemonade. You are always rainbow and sunshine. Mm-hmm. And that is the energy you've chosen to share with the community, which I think is really important mm-hmm. uh, because you know, we, you know, you know, energy is contagious. And that's the energy that you want everybody to have for their day. But mm-hmm. it's that behind the scenes, there are like definitely moments where we are like crying in our pillows and been like, why life? Why? Why me? <laughs> why me? And yeah, you have definitely had your fair share of those moments, which actually 
inspired you to do what you did. So Mm -hmm. can you take us back just a little bit to pre-Make Lemonade days? So in case anybody doesn't know what your past, 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 past was, I would love for you to share that with them. Sure. It's so funny. I was telling somebody or I was seeing somebody post something on Instagram and I was like, what, you know, so-and-so and they're like, yeah, how do you know them? I'm like, I know them from a past life when I used to host beer and yoga events in breweries around the city. So I have led many lives, Jessica, but we will flash forward a little bit. I was freelancing. I was working for an array of companies doing some like content writing. I kind of just like have always landed into like random jobs, very much like you pay me, I'll Google it and figure out how to make it happen. That was kind of the gist I was doing. I was working from home or from coffee shops. And I thought that I had like kind of quote unquote, had this great romantic, like remote nomad lifestyle. Meanwhile, I was like, I couldn't really properly afford to like work remotely. I could like work really hard and then go travel for a little bit, but I could never really make it all work at the same time. And long story short, one of the companies I was or set up to work for full-time, they'd offer me this full-time position. I was freelancing for them up until that point. And they offered me this position and I decided to say yes. And I canceled all of my other freelance gigs and decided to go for it. I bought a blue couch. I was like, this is what adults do who are going to get a salary. It's very important to to say the salary had not come yet that I was going to get it. I thought this is an adult thing. Of course, the day before I was all set to start contract signed and everything. They said, "Never mind. actually things have changed. Can you continue freelancing for us? So that was lemon number one. And I remember spending about a week in my life kind of being bitter and was just like, I've always wanted to start something for myself. I've always wanted to, you know, I've had this idea for this shared space. Why isn't now a good time to go after it? And so then that's what led me into starting Make Lemonade as for a long time, many people new Make Lemonade as a co-working space in downtown Toronto. So that happened in 2016 and I opened the space in 2017. So that's the beginning. That's the beginning. And you had a really amazing run at Make Lemonade. Like Mm -hmm. it was written up in magazines and newspapers. You were featured as like the the co-working space to be in the city. I had been to your space for a number of workshops. Tons of entrepreneurs loved it. It had a different energy than some of the other co-working spaces. And it quote unquote, very successful. (laughs) Yes. Honestly, I remember in January and February of 2020, I think it was like International Women's Day of 2020. And I remember looking around the space and we had this like pancake party. We had invested in a pancake griddle. We were like, we're going to have pancake parties all the time. And this is going to be amazing. And I remember looking around the space and seeing all these women in the, in the space and just thinking to myself, like, this is what I imagined. Like I've reached this vision, this version of success that I had dreamt of. And then a week later, the universe was like, well, you've had your fun. It's been two and a half years of, you know, climbing. You've reached the peak of sweet lemonade. You had some sweet, sweet lemonade for two and a half years. Yeah. And now yeah, I'd like finally perfected the recipe. It had been sour and it was like, we're tweaking, tweaking, tweaking. We get there. And then 2020. <laughs> and in 2020, you got like the sourest batch of lemons yeah. ever. Not just you, but everybody. Yeah. But for you as a physical mm-hmm. building business owner. Yeah. A space, rent, lights, desk, furniture, 
that required physical people to show up to, mm-hmm. that might've been one of the sourest lemons possible. Yeah. It was a pretty short end of the st- short stick. <laughs> that was a, that was a tough situation, but you know what? I remember the day when we decided, okay, we're going to close the space. We're going to close it for two weeks. We made a huge laundry list of everything. Ashley, who was on my team at the time, her and I had like figured out an action plan. Okay. We're going to tell everyone to join us for this free virtual co-working. And she was like, I'm not going to leave the office until we have a plan. And then once we have a plan, let's go like, I was telling her, let's go home. She's like, let's make a plan. And anyways, we had this plan. And I remember walking home and I actually ran into this man and he he was asking for money and he was like, I just got out of prison. Do you have any money? And I remember thinking like, I was like, you know, and I was like really sad walking home. I'm like my business, like, what am I going to do? And then I have this man being like, I just got out of prison and I like, I need money because I need a bus to, to get somewhere, to get home, to see family, whatever it may be. And I think like just seeing him, like always like that encounter has always stuck with me too, where it was like, like during the pandemic, like, of course, like, yeah, we were dealt a really rotten lemon in the whole situation. But I think just like having that experience, like so close to closing, just really helped me to keep things into perspective too, of like, okay, but there's always going to be something a lot more sour than situation. But yeah, it was pretty sour. It was, it was very, very sour in the beginning. (laughs) I really thought we were only going to be closed for two weeks. And then of course we all know two weeks became longer. Two two plus years. Yeah. Yeah. But you did a really great job of like pivoting and pivoting quickly to Mm -hmm. the online space, which everyone did. I remember at the time too, I was also part of a, a networking, you know, business and brand that also relied on in-person events. And, you know, the initial gut instinct was like, okay, we'll just cancel this first one. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, hold up. No, no. Like we have a huge, huge roster of people wanting, planning to attend this event. The speakers are all like, like, let's just move it online. Like, and that was the first decision. It was like, let's just move this first one online. If people want a little bit of a discount because it's no longer in person and they're not getting their food and their drinks and whatever cool, but I don't think we should cancel it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that mindset that people like yourself and myself are always being like, how, how can we make the best of this situation and not just like pull the plug? Yeah. And I think for, in our circumstance too, it was like a very, like, it was a real, like we, no matter what, we still had to pay for rent and it was not cheap. And it was like, if our main source of income, a co-working space where people need to leave their homes and come into, if that is the main source of income is now cut off, like we, if we don't even know what our next way of making money is at the very least, we need to keep our community engaged. We need to have a way for them to remember that we're thinking of them. And like, once we do have a way to invite them to continue to pay for us and figure out our new business model, they're going to remember us and they're going to be excited about being on board for the next thing. Yeah. Just being, being a support because everyone else's life mm-hmm. we're, we're blowing up at the same time. Yeah. And they were like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And so just yeah. being that, that helpful, high energy you know, sunshine spot in their day, I think Mm. really, really helped everybody too. So, Mm -hmm. okay. So everybody, that is the backstory, (laughs) right? Like that is like the severely truncated backstory. I'm sure 
Rachel, you have like other op- podcast episodes that kind of like and articles that, you know, we'll share in the show notes that you can go and read and full, read the full thing if you don't know, you know, the full story. But uh, let's fast forward like a couple of years in the pandemic, you moved mm-hmm. virtual, you were hosting these amazing, you know, get shit done club <laughs> events, which I was mm-hmm. part of and were amazing. And then, and then you got another kind of like, I guess, sign from the universe that things were mm-hmm. meant to ch- shift for you again? Yeah. So basically what happened is in a nutshell, our virtual offering ended up turning into a three-year virtual offering called the Get Shit Done Club. In 2021, I ended up closing the co-working space and thinking I'm going to go full on with running the online community. And then what ended up happening is I all of a sudden was like, oh, I don't have the space anymore. You know, this was over a couple of months where my schedule started to clear up. I think like a lot of like the stress and responsibility was starting to lift. I had sublet the final year of our, of the office space. So once like the lease was off, like things just started to get lighter in my world. And I felt like I could finally breathe. And I started to really think like, is this really what I'm going to do forever? Like, am I really going to just continue bringing this community together online? And I think what was something that was really hard is it's like, just because you're passionate about something and just because you're good at something doesn't necessarily mean that's something that you need to do forever. And I feel like what was really hard for me was kind of realizing, like having this realization, like, oh, shoot, I don't think I want to continue doing this. That that was like a really hard realization for me because really for the past five plus years, I had been like in service of my community. And so during this time, I had actually read an article in Toronto Life about a woman who, this was like right around the time that I was closing the co-working space, but a woman who had like risen to the top ranks at Toronto Dominion Bank and during the pandemic would go to her local floral shop and would say, I just wish I could work here. And the florist, the owner said, well, you could. And that led to her whole deliberation, figuring out what the next steps were and deciding, you know what, I'm quitting my career and I'm becoming a florist. And I couldn't get this idea out of my head. And I thought it was so interesting. And so during this time when I was, you know, closing down the physical space and time was opening up for me, I just thought I'm going to go to a floristry class. I'm just going to see what it's like. I'm just going to get my hands a little dirty and just, you know, understand. So I took one floristry class, really liked it. So I took another floristry class. I really liked it. I found something called the Toronto Flower School, and I really, really enjoyed that too. And things just started to expand and open up for me in a way that I I think I hadn't flexed in a long time. I have a fine arts degree. I went to Ryerson or Toronto Metropolitan University, as we call it now, for school. And the entire time when I was in school, I never really identified as an artist. I was like, I don't think I'm in the right program. I felt weird. I was like, I'm more of like a bring people together, tell them what to do sort of thing. And when I started to play with flowers and really think of this more as like a viable career path, something opened up for me and I realized, oh, I think I am an artist. I just don't think I had found my medium up until now. And it And it was like this huge eye-opening experience, you know, then combined with the, like, I think I need to close the community. It was like this truly, like, I've always, I've always been very in tune with my intuition and my gut and kind of knowing what's right for me, but knowing that like, this was going to be a a huge shift in the way I was going to move forward was like 
it was, it was a big deal. And, you know, during all this time too, I had just started dating my, my now year and a half long boyfriend. And it was like date one, I have a co-working space date two, I'm closing the co-working space, like six months in, I think I want to become a florist. Like there was just so many transitions. And then the coolest thing, like throughout all this whole story is then I realized like throughout the years of running the co-working space and running the online community is the advice I was always giving to people was that you need to talk about your goals and you need to, you know, share them. And when you do that, your chances of, of achieving your goals is going to skyrocket when you do those things. And once I kind of made these realizations of like, this is the next step and the direction I want to go in, I was like, oh, I guess I need to follow my own advice and tell my community what I'm doing. And when I did that, there was like this like overwhelming support for this new direction. And then I signed my first client without her seeing a single piece of floral work that I had created because she had trusted everything that I had done before then. And that's when I was like officially in business as a florist. Oh my gosh, I love it. So obviously I've known, I know chunks of this story because uh-huh. I've been part of your community for a while. And so I'd get the guy, get the emails and we'd get the updates and we'd have Zoom meetings and talk about yeah. all of this stuff. But I didn't know about your fine arts background. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that is, that's really the universe coming at you and been like, hey, Rachel, it is time to get back to who you really are. Mm-hmm. So here's a question for you. When you started the co-working space, Make Lemonade, from my memory, that was born out of a desire to fill the gap that you saw because you were a freelancer and you would always go and work at coffee shops and like yeah. try and find a place to be. And you're like, I wish there was this place that I could go. Mm-hmm. So that business was born out of filling a gap and a need, not necessarily <laughs> out of this passion of, oh my gosh, I want to be, you know, this community leader and business owner. Yep, exactly. It was not to fill the like community leader, entrepreneurial leader. It was like, this is something I'm missing. Yeah. And so what's different this time from what I'm hearing is you shifting gears and becoming a florist actually is a passion. Yeah. And I think that's, thank you for like, clearing that up because I think I've really struggled for some time now that like it's, it'll, it's coming up to a year that I've leaned into this side of things shifted. And I, I've had a really hard time. I was like, I, I remember telling lots of friends. I was like, I don't know. I was at 26. I opened this co-working space, like no problem. Sure. Cool. Like, let's just go for it and do it. Now here I am wiser, older, much more experienced. And I have, I've never experienced the amount of imposter syndrome as I have now that I am showing something that is so much more personal. It's it's, but I think you're right. It's a passion that I'm following and it's scary to do that. Yeah, for sure. Cause like, (laughs) you know, for those of us in the entrepreneurial space, you know, we can like view, you know, look out there. What are the gaps? What are the needs? You know, how do I, you know, I can create a business that serve, serve in service to others. Yeah, this is, this is great. This is fantastic. But now this shift of you being like, Hey, I want to be a florist. I want to, I want to serve people in a different way, but Hey, guess what? There was a million and 10 other florists out there, not necessarily really filling a gap in the market. I'm filling my heart 
Yeah. And it's like, I'm just showing my version because there's a million florists in the world. And it's, it's just like anything. There's a million artists, there's a million photographers, like real I think estate that, agents. Yeah. You name it. Yeah. And it's just like, everyone has their own, their own twist, which, you know, in a way it's like, there was a million co-working spaces beforehand too. And it was like, this is just my way of doing it, but I don't know. There's something so much more personal that it's like, this is, this is the way I see beauty. I hope you like it and I hope you'll pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> and they are, which has been fantastic. So, okay. You went to floral school, you took mm-hmm. a lesson. Like what was that feeling in your body when you looked at that first floral creation that you made? I think I know which one it was and I hated it. I really was like, <laughs> oh my God, it's so ugly. So it was like over four, four weeks. It was like a Saturday thing. So it was, what was nice about it was that it was four Saturdays in a row. And I remember thinking, okay, it's a little bit of money. Like it's not nothing money. And to some people it's a lot of money. I mean, it was a lot of money too, but it was, I remember thinking to myself, you know, what if the worst thing that happens through this is that I've spent a month working with flowers and have learned some new things like great, like cool. I've learned some new stuff, but I remember it was the bridal arrangement workshop that we were going through and I couldn't get it. I couldn't get what she wanted me to do. And everyone in my class is all creating these beautiful things. And you know, when you're, you're like getting frustrated with yourself and then people try to tell you nice things. And all you can do is like, you feel like your face is getting warmer and your eyes start watering and you're like, stop talking to me, stop looking at me. And I just like starting to cry while I'm like working with these flowers. And I'm just like, all I'm thinking to myself is like, oh my God, like, I think I want to like change my career, but like, I can't even make an arrangement. Like what an idiot. Like, even though there was a part of me that was like, it's okay. Like, we're going to find our own way. We're going to find our own spin. And I think that that's like, what's really hard about just being, being a creative person is like, you know, when you go through any type of education, part of it is to learn the fundamentals and skills but the harder part of following your passion and doing something for yourself is just that is understanding that everything you do is never going to be completely cookie cutter. There's always going to be a little bit of a different spin on it and you have to just be okay with it. Yes. I can imagine that be that class being a little bit devastating for you because two classes before you're like, Oh, maybe I, I, maybe I want to do this. And then all of a sudden, like you're now supposed to be getting better Mm -hmm. And this one is like stumping you. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like, that's, that's what growth is. Right. And like, we can't ever expect to just be great at something and continue to get better and better. Sometimes we go a little bit backwards. Mm -hmm. Even I find now that I'm like, okay, I've been in business for like six years, but I find I'm learning these lessons that I'm like, yeah, I guess that, I guess it makes sense that I'm learning it now because it's with a floristry lens, but I'm also really frustrated with myself because I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I should have known this because I've been in business for six years, but it's like we learn the lessons in so many different ways. Yeah. The, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Is that whatever that yeah. is, right? And yeah. these flower, these flowers were your teacher that day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So you did a couple of floral classes and then you took a little bit more and then you took a little bit more. At what point were you like, hell yes, I'm all in. Were you still like, how long, how long did it get, how long did it take you to actually build the confidence of I'm doing this? 
I'm still building the confidence if I'm being honest, but I think what was happening to me was knowing that like, there was this like rumbling inside me that was like the current work trajectory that we're on of doing just the virtual community was not enough for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's just, it's not filling my cup the way it used to. And so that I think was like, I was really just like, first of all, wrestling with it. Cause I was like, I kind of didn't want it to be true because I was like, Ugh, it means it's more work. It means it's more shifting, more pivoting, more newsletters, telling people about the next thing that I'm doing. And then But what was helping too was that I was freelancing for other florists in the city who were putting on weddings and events and they just needed extra labor. And so that was really helping to like build my, build my skills. And I think floristry truly is, is a career path where it's like, you need, you just need time. You need time to just continue to build your skills. And it was eye-opening too, because some of the people doing things I was so impressed by, but then you start to understand the mechanics by it. And I'm like, I could do that why couldn't I do that? And I think I just kind of have carried on with that. Well, well, I could do that. I could do that. And then what happened is this was all last summer is I pretty much like burnt myself out. Cause I had worked so hard while running the online community and just like on my feet in the summer in the beating hot, like just doing this thing with this beautiful, with these beautiful flowers, but like, just being like, okay, this is exhausting. Um, so then I actually took a beat. Well, yeah, that was the height of wedding season, right? Well, right at the end, I ended up going to England at the end of middle of September. That's when I went. So wedding season is is like just wrapping up, Mm -hmm. starting to wrap up. Uh, So I'm going to share something with you that that I don't know if anyone else in the community ever shared with you, but I actually noticed noticed a shift Mm -hmm. because when I joined the community, you showed up as a 10, Mm -hmm. like every day, right? Like that was Rachel you know, sunshine and rainbows and like high energy to pump us all up and to, to fill our cups. And, and that was great. And it was something that I loved about make lemonade. And I did notice as, you know, weeks or end months progressed that you weren't a 10 anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't really chalk it up to anything. I just noticed like, oh, okay. So she's cutting back on some of the, some, some of the days we're now only meeting three days a week instead of five days a week. Or there were just like these tiny little shifts mm-hmm. that I did pick up on. And I'm like, hmm, interesting, right? What's going on? <laughs> What's going on? And so when you finally, then you, you know, you told us, Hey guys, I'm going to this flower class this week. And we would share like what our fun activity for the week would be, or like, what were we doing outside of our business? And you were sharing some of that. I'm like, hmm, interesting. (laughs) So when you actually finally started announcing and talking to us and participating in our entrepreneurial conversations and not just being the group leader, Mm -hmm. but like participating and being like, I'm part of the circle here and I'm sharing all the things that are going on with me, just like all of you, I wasn't surprised at all. Mm -hmm. And I think that is also why the community has such like an outpouring of love for you and support mm-hmm. and like cheering you on, because I think some of us did see like, Hey, like this virtual space is not, she's not in love with it anymore. And I think we've mm-hmm. all kind of noticed a little bit, you know, how it's been dulled a little bit here and a little bit there. And when you started doing flower stuff, you started coming to the, coming online and being at 10 again. I know. And I think that is 
that's what was really hard for me was being like, I'm doing this thing and I've committed to this thing, but now I've fallen out of love with it, but I've have commitments. I still got to do my thing. And how do I, how do I show up? And it's so interesting to hear from you. You know, you can feel it. And I think that was also, I was just like, I can't keep, I can't keep doing it the way I was doing it before. Cause I'm, I'm falling out of love with it. I'm, I'm tired. And it, it was, it was, a, it was a wrestle. And now I'm like, I'm just so excited for like wrapping things up and, and feeling like I can finally live. I think really for the, since the pandemic, I've been living in duality of having a physical co-working space and an online community. And then for a little while I was doing just online community. And then I was doing online community and floristry. And so I'm really excited to, so I guess, you know, we haven't really properly shared, but the online community is closing. And at the time of the recording, I'm not sure exactly when this will go up, but like it, I've got one. We're done. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we're done. And I'm really excited to give myself a chance to not live life in duality and just, you know, give, give this floristry side of myself and this, and I think it's more than just floristry. I think it's just like truly tapping into an artistry side of myself and just exploring the creative side and not being in feeling like I need to be this and this, it can just be one thing. One thing. Yeah. And I think it's great. And I think there's definitely seasons that we all go through where we need to not divide, divide up, you know, that duality, as you said, like, even Mm -hmm. though you're, and and I love what you said at the beginning of the call, because I've said this so many times as well is like, just because you're good at something, doesn't mean that's the thing you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or it's like, you know, it's there for a a season or a reason, but it doesn't need to be a lifetime or sometimes it is a lifetime. Mm -hmm possibly. Okay. So let's chat a little bit about like this full circle moment for you. When you were in high school and you were like getting ready to go to university, Mm -hmm. what drew you to the fine arts? So this, the program I studied was called new media. So it's a fine arts program, new media. So in high school, I really loved, I loved all of the arts. I grew up dancing. I did student theater. And then in the high school, I joined this program called communications technology. So it was like a photography, videography program, very like kind of techie, that kind of thing. And so when I heard about this program at Ryerson called new media, it just sounded like the most interesting, cool thing to me. I took art class in high school, but it was never, or in high school, it was, you know, painting, collaging, that kind of thing. But I had never been like pen to paper. Like, I can't do that. Like, that is just not me. That is not the kind of artist you were. No. And so that's why like the technology side of things, like really, I was really drawn to. And so when I joined this program, I liked the art side of things, but I think really now it's like, it's so simple. It's like the medium wasn't really what I was interested in or, and I remember kind of thinking like, oh my gosh, like, I don't really know if this program is right for me, but I also enjoyed it too. And I liked being on the curatorial side of things. So that's like when we would have art exhibits, we'd put together, you know, this big show and I would kind of coordinate. And so I was always just like very naturally good. And I always have been, I've been a natural leader. I've been a natural organizer, if you will. So that's how I ended up studying that. And then how did you, and then that led you to to content creation, especially in the (laughs) writing space, right? Yeah. So from, so what ended up up happening is when I graduated, I ended up working for a conference and events planning company. It was super fun. It was a lot of like data entry, but we would do some traveling here and there and put on these, 
these conferences and, you know, get to chat with lots of people. And it was just like, that was a part of me that I just really enjoyed. And then I did a little bit of work for TIFF every year during the festivals and worked in the box offices and through what I did, this is such a great success story. I, I really love, so the other part of my side is that growing up, my parents, they took my brother and I on so many fantastic trips around the world. It was like every March break, every summer break, we would always have these very cool, interesting international experiences. And so I really wanted to just have travel be more part of my life. So during this time, you know, working for the conference planning company and working at TIFF, and I did a little bit of work at Maple Leaf Sports as well. Being, a, I was a fan services representative, helping people to their seats and that kind of thing. Again, very like people oriented person. I loved the customer service side of things, but I ended up finding out about this organization. They're called Verge Magazine. And they would put on this event called the Go Global Expo. And they had it in um, Toronto, Montreal, and Boston every year. And I had attended one of their events in, in university. And it was all about connecting people with places to volunteer, study, or work abroad. And I was like, this company sounds so cool. Like, I don't want to find one of the organizations they, you know, they work with. I want to work at the source kind of thing. And so I had reached out to them and I had said, I just sent them a cold email and I said, I love your organization. I'd love to be involved somehow, whether it's like, whether you have a volunteer opportunity or a paid position, like I just want to be involved. And they emailed me back and they said, you know what? We actually have a paid opportunity. Why don't you set up an interview? And so what ended up happening is it was the remote role. I got on board and I started doing a little bit of a little, little, little bit of writing for them, but it was mostly planning and getting people to come to the expos. And for me, where this really opened my eyes was that it was the first ever remote position I'd ever done. My very first like interview was in a cafe in Toronto. And I was just like, what? People work like this. This is so cool. Like, oh my God, like this is just amazing. And then, so then I had like a really fantastic mentor. She was the person who ended up interviewing me and she became a mentor and just a great friend. And she was a travel writer. and she just like expanded my, my worldview in the way people work. And that's how then I started, you know, kind of getting into some of this other content writing. And then, but really what happened is then I was sitting in a cafe a couple years in and just being like, is this it? Is this really it? Am I just going to be working in cafes for the rest of my life, writing content for people that they're going to consume in five seconds and carry on? And now, you know, the story from there. So that's like the backstory to backstory to the Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So floristry, let's tie this up with a nice little bow as we, you know, talk about, you you know, you're now what, which is you're a florist and all this stuff. When you were younger, did you have a love for flowers? Like, do you, like, was there, do you have any memories of you being little and then like picking flowers and putting things together that you just ignored or didn't really tap into? I don't think I've ever been like, had this, like, childhood memory of like playing with flowers. I think it's just, I've always, I've always loved flowers. Like even from, I remember when I like first moved on my own, like that, like 
from the very first time I like went grocery shopping on my own, I would always spend money on flowers. I splurge on two things. I always splurge on flowers and expensive yogurt. Those are the two (laughs) things that my money is going towards when I go grocery shopping. And even my mom like just had like a huge appreciation for flowers as well. And it's just been like a, this natural thing that's been just in my life and in my family for, for forever. And, and really like just going to flower school and then going to freelance for so many different types of florists in the city. It has just like expanded my mind into how the industry works and that there's just so much more to floristry than having a shop on the street and, you know, selling bouquets for Valentine's day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm just really excited to see where, where this journey takes me. Awesome. I love that. I have, I personally have never been much of a cut flower person because, mm-hmm. you know, as you can see, I have a, I have a love for orchids and like mm-hmm. plants. And I always just had this mindset of like, oh, you know, I'd rather get a plant than cut flowers because they die so fast. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. like, is it really worth it? But I love the fact that you were like, no, no, like cut flowers were like my, my gift to me on all my shop, like shopping yeah. trips. Always. Yeah, I know. It's like, it, it's funny because it's a, it's an investment that it's not like you can't eat it. Right. You know, it, it is going to die, but I think, you know, having cut flowers is such an, an important reminder that like, you know, life is short to extend the life. You have to take care of it. So, you know, you got to cut the stems, change the water, you know, remove the things that are no longer alive so that you can preserve and extend the lifespan of something else. And then there's just like, there is something there, there actually is like research that proves that like when people have fresh cut flowers in their homes, they feel less anxious. They're more compassionate towards other people. Like it's actually amazing the effects. And I think some of them are very similar to what happens when you have plants in your home as well. But for me, it's just like this moment to, to like really slow down. And, and something else that changed for me too, was, you know, just really being like, my whole life has just been like around a computer. And I remember when I was opening Make Lemonade, I remember thinking to myself, I don't want my career to be centered around having to have a computer all the time. I don't want to need to use my computer all the time. And what happened is, is like when, when just before the floristry and, you know, was on doing the online community, I just remember looking at this, my computer and being like, here I am at home alone with my computer once again. And I was like looking at my hands and I'm like, I'm capable of so much more than typing on a laptop. And that's why I tell everybody in the community now is I'm like, you know, okay, we've been working for an hour together. Remind your body that you are capable of so much more than typing on a laptop. Oh my gosh, I love that. I love that. Yes, the computer has been such a central focus for so many of us. Mm-hmm. And we need to step away. We need to walk away. We need to like mm-hmm. do something with our hands or look far off in the horizon. It's really good for your eyes, yes. right? Like that staring out and looking far away. But yeah, that's that's amazing. So whether it's you're making bread, baking cookies, doing something, or making mm-hmm. a little bouquet of flowers that will brighten someone's day. I think we all need to step away from the computer a little bit more too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, this has been such a great conversation. Okay, Rach, where can people find you if they want to see some of these beautiful floral creations of yours or just get inspired by your sunshine and positivity that you exude all the time? So you can find me at makelemonade.ca. I just changed what my website does. It's, you know, it's this, it's always going to be the same, but makelemonade.ca 
on Instagram. I'm Make Lemonade Co. And I do some writing too. So you can go to makelemonade.ca slash magic. And that is where I send out a weekly-ish Wednesday newsletter. Yes, which is full of amazing content and links to awesome things that Rachel loves, (laughs) which I really love that that email because it introduces me to so many cool things I have no idea about that I find out through you. Cool. Okay. And final thing, favorite flower. Oh, you know what? Somebody asked me this the other day and it's always changing. Depends on the season. I'm learning about so many other flowers that I never knew existed. I, it's, it would be hard to choose just one. Okay. Flower of the week. What's your flower? Like, what are you loving right now? What's in season right now that you're like, yes, it's springtime as we're recording this episode, although it's a very gloomy springtime day. Mm-hmm. What are some of your favorite springtime flowers? Right now, ranunculus. They're just so beautiful, so fluffy, and they last a long time too. If you treat them right and change the water. Excellent. Excellent. All right, Rach, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. She is an inspiration, a creative soul, such a great friend and a ray of sunshine, as I said. So if this episode resonated with you, give it a like, a share, a listen, subscribe. And if you know somebody who is also going through a season in which life might be giving them a few lemons and feeling a little bit sour, please, please, please share this episode with them. It could just help them figure out their own now what, their own pivot, their own next adventure, tapping into their creative soul. And that's what we want to do. We want to just inspire people to look at their life in a little different lens. Okay, that's it from us. If you want to hear more from Rachel, she and I are going to be hanging out over at patreon.com and we're going to be chatting about some floral things. So if you want to learn a little bit more about this floral world, whether it's like, Maybe we're going to talk about, you know, some tips on picking flowers at the supermarket. I think that might be fun. Come to patreon.com backslash I just blank now what? And here are Rachel's top tips for picking out flowers at the supermarket. Bye guys. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it more than I can say. Did you love this episode of I just blank now what? If you did, be sure to subscribe on your fave podcast platform. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. I do love reading them. And if you know somebody who's experiencing this story or something similar, please share this episode with them. It just might help them figure out the answers to their own now what questions. Have you recently had a now what moment and aren't sure what to do? Reach out to me at jessicastevens.ca and submit your story and I'll help you figure out what to do, how to move forward and help you answer now what. See you on the next episode.